Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know what I can't wait for every week? Do I need to answer this? Yeah. We already know. (laughs) Yes. I can't wait when a new episode of the No Chill Podcast every week. Because I got to tell you, it's just as fun to make them as it is for fans to listen to it. I believe that. Yeah. In case they ever wondered, in case they were curious. So when you want to get the No Chill Podcast first, where do you go? The Himalaya app. Get it. A day early on Himalaya. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you find every single podcast you love and future favorites. If you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and they're adding cool new features every single day. Go to the App Store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow the No Chill Podcast. How could you? They can't. Everyone's following us. Not everyone, everyone. Everyone. But we'll, we'll take more in the boat. Get on board. We're, we're like the Kim Kardashian of apps. Don't, don't, don't mind the numbers. Just, just, just think it. Just think it. Just okay. think it. On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we gear up for the NBA Finals. After an eventful season, it comes down to the Raptors and the Warriors. We know the Dubs are a dynasty, so do Kawhi and the Raptors actually have a chance? If so, how? In the spirit of the Finals, we look at what exactly is that special ingredient Golden State has that all other teams don't. For Canada, we've got some good news, some bad news for you. Beyond the finals, Gil gets into how to measure talent specifically, what really matters versus the analytics. Also, before we go, he's got a Kobe story that pretty much sums up the Mamba mentality. It's an all-around great episode of the No Show Podcast. As always, you can get us early on the Himalaya app. You can, of course, find us wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe and be sure to follow us on the No Chill YouTube channel. Gil, the NBA finals are set. I can't believe I, I gotta say I did not think the Raptors had enough in the tank. I was I told you I was Bucks were the complete team in the East all the way. The Warriors, no surprise there. The complete team in what? More in the East. In what category? <laughs> they don't have they don't have they don't have a finisher. They don't have a guy in the last two minutes that you can give the ball to to get buckets. And it showed. It showed. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it showed. But that was always their flaw. But in regular season, that's why why when, you know, media and reporters and analysts, you know, were talking about the Bucs in regular season during the playoffs, it's like the playoffs is – that has no bearing on what the regular season stats were. It's no bearing on that game. It's a whole different game. You know, half-court players perform better in a playoff setting. So when you look at the Bucks, it was like, okay, when the game gets tight, who do you give the ball to? Your best player the, is, you know, Greek the Freak. So if he can't hit the 15-footer consistently, if he can't make free throws, how, how do you guys win close games? And I guess that's a, a case of getting it getting exposed because for him, game six, it just he did not look for a shot. <clears throat> it's just one of those games where it, it, does it unravel for you? Gets in their head and just what they were in game one. If, if it falls apart game, by game, game six, one, they're game, a shell of themselves. Game one, game two, you know they're home. They have home court advantage. The crowd is behind you. You know all of that plays you know a factor. Game three and four, the Raptor fans. That's you know that's why you have two games on a row, two games on a. You know, once the Bucks went, um, yeah, once the Bucks went back home for Game Five, the pressure was all on the Bucks because after Game Two, the whole the whole internet basically was saying, "Oh, this is easy. Bucks is Bucks is winning." Toronto's done. Like, no, this is that's they did what it was supposed to do. 
Now all the pressure is on the Bucks to actually defend their home court now. And they end up and they end up losing game five. There was no way they were gonna go to Toronto and win game six. That was not gonna happen. So I'll say this when you when you say all the pressure is on the Bucks, who in particular does the pressure fall on? The team. Who like, on that team? Everyone. Because we wanna say, all right, Greek the freak, you know, you, because you're the best player, you know. Well, not really, because last year they won 44 games. He averaged 27 and 10. This year he averaged 27 and 13. Uh, Middleton numbers were down from last year. Bledsoe numbers were down from last year. That's what I was gonna say. That's what they saw, and this is so, where I said they were deeper. That but, they but, went to they went to Hill, George Hill, and Malcolm Brogdon down the stretch because Bledsoe just fell. Yeah, but off. I mean, but but they could at least go to him. They had who? those. They had no. Those but what I'm saying is, to. if your three stars from last year to this year didn't really improve individually, like their stats say, they really didn't improve individually. That means all the players they brought in help win 16 more games. So during the playoffs, it's the help that that you need. That you need. Not that one player that. Oh, Greek is a freak. Is a, no, that, that's not why you guys are number one. You guys are number one because the whole team helped in. But Lopez, every, all these guys helped get 16 extra wins. It wasn't the three main guys. So if you went away from the, the guys who helped you get there, it was going to show. So games one and two where Lopez stepped up, even guys, Ilislova, you know, they, they, was that a little bit of fool's goal? Because Giannis... I think he had 24 and 10 in game one. Nice numbers. That's his, but that's his numbers. But Lopez showed out. And Lopez is one of the reasons they won 16 extra mm-hmm. games. So then you go games three, four. I mean, so, they lost so four game, in a row. But. Yeah, so the rest of the games, if you're not getting Lopez and these guys involved and you're going to go back to, oh, I didn't perform well because you think you're the reason that you got those extra wins and became number one in the East – that was the fool's gold. The fool's gold wasn't Lopez. And those were the guys who actually helped you get to where you were. So if you didn't really focus on them and you're 24 and 10, you're 27 and 13, that's what you do. You know, everything extras was the rest of that team's. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was more of a team effort than just one particular oh, yeah. player. Always, it always is. And like you said, the pressure is on all the players. Yeah. Certain guys step up. I thought George Hill was solid. You know, you kind of forgot that he was even on that yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, in, like I said, in the East, the other team, you thought Philly. On paper, we said this last week. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Embiid and Jimmy and Tobias Harris and uh, Ben Simmons, Redick. This team is actually loaded. And yeah, they they're, just they're, didn't. They, they, didn't have, they, they didn't have enough time with each other. I thought so. You know, um, midseason trade, you know, um, Ben Simmons – not really knowing what he's supposed to do. He doesn't – and it's more in the coaching staff. Like, this is when you need basketball players, people who actually played at a high level, to talk to your guys. Like, you know, if I'm talking to Ben, I'm saying, listen, I want you to be like Greek the Freak. That's how, that's how aggressive I need you to be because you being a point guard, point guard – Embiid doesn't need you to be a point guard. Just give him the ball. He's going to do what he's going to do. He doesn't need you to try to get 10 assists. He doesn't need you in that. Jimmy Butler, just give him the ball. He's going to create his own shots. So you got your your first and second option who don't need you. So you playing coy basketball, getting on the ball, hurts the other two, hurts Tobias, hurts J.J. Redick. So if you're Greek the Freak style during the fast break and everyone's uh, trying to stop that uh, – Stop you out of the paint. Now, Tobias gets the ball. But don't you now, think- you know, free, um, uh, J.J. Reddick yep. gets easier shots. But if you're just going down there trying to be an actual point guard, you hurt the guys who need the ball from you. So tell me how this works. With Giannis, you saw that. He was getting hard trapped. He was drawing those doubles and triples. And the coaches tell you that's coming, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, the, <laughs> So you're saying... What they are told, it's scouting and strategy, but they should be given more what motivation or like 
you, you, like you a need, tutor almost. Like you need to know your this. personnel. You need to know what you have. You need to actually know basketball. Like, you know, most of these coaches, if you ask them, ask them. <laughs> if you want to ask them, you've asked them, where did you learn to coach? It's from whoever coached them. It's from coaches they've seen, not from actually learning techniques and learning two-for-ones and being in the situations like, like I remember when uh, it was popular to, if you're down three, if you're up three to foul and send a guy to the free throw line instead of letting them shoot the three. That was a popular thing for mm-hmm. a while. Like, why? no explanation on why you're doing it. Just coaches were doing it because they've seen another coach do it. Mm-hmm. So if you know they're going to trap Greek the freak and he passes it, but the guys he's passing it to are like Bledsoe who, are, who, who don't shoot, what is the point of having him on the floor? They're putting too much trust in him that he should know his team. No, the reason I'm doubling you off of Bledsoe is because he can't right, shoot. Right. So I'm going to allow him to shoot that jumper. I want Bledsoe to sit there and shoot jumpers. Bledsoe's going to drive, and most of, the time, most of the time when he drives, he's looking to make another play anyway. Knowing that, we're going to leave Bledsoe, let Bledsoe drive, flinch at him. He's going to pass the ball back out. Okay, you, you, did, us a, you did us a solid. You know, and that's and that if you but you don't know if you don't know is that's what's going to happen, then you don't know how to play against it when you're when that's happening. You know, if George Hill or this guy is an entry like Bledsoe, instead of sitting at the three point line, dive, cut, get off the top of the key, make your guy find you, sit under the basket. So if he does double, hey, you're right there, make a layup. I mean, there's ways to to play against you know double teams, but when you have two. I call them dead shooters. You have two technically Robinsons on the floor. It is hard to space the floor in the last two, three minutes. That's what I thought. Actually, CJ McCollum, I thought, did a great job of that. If they take, if they're going to overplay you or take one thing away on this, he's got something else to go to. Yeah. You said CJ McCollum. Yeah. From the Blazers? Yeah. He's a shooter. Right. But he would attack the basket. He's got that. He's nice a shooter. Foot. You're not gonna. You're not gonna leave C.J. McCullough to go double day. <laughs> no, you're not. No, not. No, no. I'm just saying that guys that Rondo have, does a great job of that. In in the series in the playoffs, you saw him be able, able to step up more where guys like Bledsoe regressed. No, what I'm saying is you got to compare this apples for apples. Someone who can't shoot, Rondo. If Rond, if you were doubling off of Rondo, Rondo's not gonna sit at that. To top of the key, no. waiting for the ball. He's gonna dive mm-hmm. and cut and get closer to his comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, to make a play under the basket. And you know, so now you're gonna stop doubling off of him because he's sitting under the basket waiting for that pass mm-hmm. back, you know, to make that layup. So, so all right, let's give credit where credit is due. The Raptors are in the finals, first time in team history. Canada's going crazy. I see. So Drake, yeah. All right, did you have enough of Drake or too much of Drake? That's the same thing. Not enough for Drake House. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, are you cool with that, or is it, is it just too much? The I'm right cool amount? With it. I, I, what, what, what is he doing wrong besides being a fan? What is repping his city? What's the difference between Spike well, Lee? I mean, just like giving the, your coach doing this on your coach's shoulder and going after the owner's daughter of the Bucks. Like, okay, okay. It, see, it, you, see. Know, you know, Drake brings in his own wave of haters. Okay, so look, it's playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Everything goes during the playoffs. The super fans are super fans. So if Drake, and I I said it, if the coach is irritated about Drake, you fucking lost already. <laughs> because if you're if if you're sitting there paying attention to a super fan, you lost. They won. They got you out of your element. They they did. Like that's that's just like if the the New York, if the was it the Pacers when Reggie Miller was mm-hmm. playing, if the Pacers coach was paying attention to Spike Lee the whole time, you are fucking losing. Like Spike Lee is doing his job. Mm-hmm. He's doing his job. Drake did his job. The, <laughs> I don't know the, if Drake had a job to do. Yeah, that, his job was to be be what he was, be a super fan, go uh-huh. out there, keep the because keep if the you attention. remember Spike, he he got in in Reggie's head, but Reggie. Delivered. Delivered. This, you know, yeah, yeah. but that's part of the game. Yeah, like that, that's part of it. Like it's a sideshow. So, so now, if Drake and now if the 
the Bucks' daughter wants to put a shirt on and Drake wants to go. That's part of it. Yeah. That, that's it's what fun. makes it's fun, playoff man. playoff. Like, Toronto coaching staff and ownership be, should be mad that Drake is that close. But if, if they're allowing it, that, hey, that, that must be a lucky gym for them. <laughs> like, that must be a lucky gym for them. Like, when he switched to shorts, <laughs> when he switched to shorts and put Philly on and jinxed them, that is amazing. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. That is, that's what a fan does. That's what a fan does. And also, I, like, I can't believe that he has enough time to devote. The man is making albums, touring, and just be hey, at man. every. Hey, home. listen, listen. I'm loving it. I, yeah, I, I'm loving. All right, it. good. I, I, I'm loving. Like that's like if I was a fan, if I was a super fan, I want to be exactly. Hell yeah. Like, you know the, the NBA. The NBA home teams have thrived off super fans. You know, you, I mean, you have your dedicated fans. You have your super fans. Um, I remember the, the, the Bullets back in the day had one guy. And I think when he was reading Charles Barkley. The guy, the heckler? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess when they moved arenas, they didn't give him his same seat. Yeah, I so he, that. You know, but you have, you have mm-hmm. your guy, Drake is Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, really. You know, but- you know, so Drake has two. You know, you have your super, you, uh, I don't know his name, but he sits on the visitors. He sits closest to the visitors side. He has the beard. The, the turban? Yeah, the turban guy. Yeah, him. He, he's a super fan. Yeah. He's, just, he's not like Drake, though. He's he not does. a celebrity he's, super fan, but he's a He's not a heckler super fan. He's nice. He's nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's actually a nice. Respectful fan. Yeah, he's respectful. Right. Like, but also, you know, there have been super fans like Spike or Jack Nicholson with the Lakers, or like you see, like Atlanta has two chains, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Scott in. in, in yeah, Easter, Travis Scott. Like, you know, Travis Scott is a new fan. But I think the thing about Drake is that he represents the city of he Toronto. He represents a country. <laughs> right, right. That's the, the great country. thing about the Raptors. And, man, I don't think there – and this is helping them in the finals. I don't think there is a better home environment than Toronto for the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, you know, so this, this matchup is probably two of the best home court teams. Because, one, you have – the Bay Area, which is basically its own island of fans. <laughs> also, you know, last season. That's what I said. You have your best. You have, like, when when I played and we were losing, losing, that crowd was crunk. That crowd <laughs> was pop. It was that crowd was Liddy. Not sure if they still titty. say crunk, but I know that, that you know it was Liddy Two Titty over there. Yeah, yeah, it was crunk back then. Uh-huh. You know, so you you have them. The Ra- it's the Raider fans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like you have that group. Now you have a whole se- like I've dealt with the Toronto fans because of the Wizards when I, mm-hmm. you know, when I was heckling them. Mm-hmm. They're the worst. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In what uh, way? Because that's that's the only team they actually like. It's it's a country. So you're you're actually anytime you say something bad about them. It's the country that's against you. Yeah, it's personal. Like, you're, you're messing with our dignity. Here. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they're the worst. They're going to keep coming at you. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's it's going to be a good one. Yeah. But they also, uh, that time was in between. They had this, Vince really put Toronto, I think, on the map in terms of basketball. It's hockey. Canada, yeah, it put, right? it, put the, it put the country for, I'll say the hip-hop community. You know, basketball is more hip-hop. Culturally. Yeah, you know, yeah. when it comes to the culture, it's more. So, you know. For hip hop and basketball fans, you know, you got to see, you know, Toronto. But even when Vince was there, you really didn't, you really didn't, you didn't pay attention to Toronto. When Chris Bosch was there, you really didn't pay attention to Toronto. DeRozan was there, you didn't pay attention to. That's well, that's when Drake got involved. When so it Drake, built up a little bit. When Drake, yeah. right? Drake was with the DeRozan. Drake opened era. up. Yeah. The viewership of what the Raptors were mm-hmm. like, you know, you got to remember this team has been top three in the last six years. Mm-hmm. Like they've been top three in the last six years, but no one really cared because it's Canada. Like if we make it seem like this; it's so far away. Like ah, it's Canada. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's like woo. That's that's a long way from America. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're like the the redheaded stepchild when it comes to the NBA teams. You know, so you know, Not Drake. Anymore. Yeah, but Drake opened Drake opened up to like, okay, you know, 
you know, Drake fans are now like, oh, okay, Toronto's cool. Toronto's cool to, you know, to, to be a part of, you know, but Toronto's more popular because of Drake than the actual team. <laughs> now, let's say they're kind of meeting in the middle. So, playing Golden State, won a championship three of the last four years. Mm -hmm. Can the Raptors beat the Warriors and how? Fuck no, and... <laughs> 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 I'm so sorry. that's a can. So no, they can't. It, fuck no okay. is the answer, and the only way they beat the Raptors is if they add um, half of the Bucks to their team, and they just put it together, and then they go and face. It's like a super, te oh, super so, team. So you do admit the Bucks were deeper. No, 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 no. Like you take the bad players off of Toronto, and you add like Greek the Freak, Middleton, and you know, and then you just have one super team, mm. and then that team can compete with the the Warriors. Well, I will say this. You have a great home crowd, and the Warriors are somewhat vulnerable more than they have been in the past couple seasons because you don't have KD, at least for game one. So you got this KD injury. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm just going to say it here. And I'm, I'm going to ask you a few questions so you're going to answer. Okay. All right. <clears throat> if, if KD was the best player on Golden State, right, and he's out, and your second option, Curry, averaged 36 in the playoffs. And your third option has to be the second option now, which is Clay. He averaged 27 in the playoffs. And your fourth option is now your third option, Draymond Green, averaged a triple-double. Damn near. Right? So we go to Toronto. Let's take away Kawhi. Who? in the right mind on that team, not average 36, who can score one time 36 in a game? And then whoever can replace Kawhi, the third option, now second option, who can score 27 on that team? They're, they're outmatched by a fucking long shot. Absolutely, and I'll even say this. So, so my second and third option for Toronto, we're gonna say is probably Lowry and Pascal Siakam. Can Lowry? Not, no, no. Can so Lowry answer your question? No. Yeah, no. They're not no. gonna go for thirty or thirty-six or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think what they actually, what the Warriors do have, that is the problem for Toronto, is defensively, who you they can run at Kawhi all day is Draymond and Iggy. They have great defense at that position. What? So okay, go ahead. See, I, I, I think. The problem is everyone every, it's like everyone has short-term memory loss. Before KD got there, you had a three-headed monster. 73 wins. You had a juggernaut team that knew their roles, that knew each other like the back of their hands. You added KD just for the fuck you factor of of going against Cleveland. Like, we're not even going to make this a back and forth, Pistons versus Bulls, Lakers versus Bulls. We're not going to do that. This We're, we're, we're not. What we're going to do is we're going to add the second best player, the first best scorer in the NBA on our team, and we're just going to demolish you guys. Just Thanos. Yeah, we're just going to – we don't even want to compete with you guys back and forth. That's not how this is going to do it. Mm -hmm. We're just going to say, fuck off, fuck you guys over there, mm -hmm. and we're just going to take over the league. That's what that was. So you take KD back off. There's no competition. You got to remember, Cleveland had LeBron James, the number one overall best player when it comes to overall. Mm -hmm. You had one of the best finishers in Kyrie. And then you had Kevin Love, who was averaging a double-double. You have three all-NBA players. A very, a very productive stretch yeah. four. So you have three all-NBA players, three all-stars going against three all-stars. Now you don't have that. You don't have, you don't have that, that group to stop this group. So now you just have Kawhi Leonard and a solid Toronto team. Well, when, you come to, when it comes to teams, Golden State has a better team atmosphere because they've played with each other for the last 
five years. I think that's really what it comes down to for them is the experience, the but, time that they've been together. It's like, damn, that. I feel like chemistry is one of the most underappreciated things that happen in sports. And when you have a team like Golden State, their chemistry clicks. And not just personally, how the, their style of play works with each other. I haven't watched the group. Everyone knows their roles to a T. Yeah. And if that's you, the most intimidating you're down, thing. You're like, these it, guys, shit, they just know each other. They like, don't even that, have to speak that, that's to what each I said. other. Like when, when Curry's on fire, or not even when Curry's on fire, he can pass. There was a big, uh, it was a Max, um, the Instagram uh, kid. Kellerman, wait. No, Max, the kid who uh, made the Instagram. Uh, yeah, Max is nice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he made the Instagram of Curry and he was making fun of it, uh -huh. right? But when you had to think about it, your team has to know you and know what you're trying to do for them to even keep looking for you after you gave up the ball. You pass it here, run down there, set a screen, they gave it back, you pass it back, keep running. Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't a play call, mm -hmm. but because they know, okay, it's time for him to go on, he gave us the signal, let's go. When we're down 10 to 15, they know who to go to. You know, it's like, it's like they know exactly who needs the ball at what time, when, and where. And that's the advantage, plus their stars. Yep. That's the advantage that that group has. And even when you, like, you see, like, Draymond will fill the lane, and then Clay will fade to the corner and just knows, like, Draymond will know that I want it here mm -hmm. at this time, and he might have a look, but he's going to give that out to yeah, me. I mean, that's what I said. It's, that's, they have the experience. They have the star power over, the group, uh, over Toronto. It's just, it's just one of those things where they are – they are the team to beat. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no, there's no competition here. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm sorry to make a prediction. prediction. Warriors in. I, 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 I'm given four one. Figure refs, you know, put someone in foul trouble and <laughs> and give Toronto a win, you know, here and there. But other than that, I don't see how it goes more than that. But it's. 4-1. Okay. You know, a good series, 4-2, fine. Mm. But it still doesn't matter. I think five <laughs> games. Huh? I think five, five. games. Yeah. I mean, history, you know. I don't want to sweep. I want it close. Don't want to sweep. You know what's so funny? History says, you know, and I, I don't know if I'm going to um, hurt a lot of bookies going into next year, but I, I'm just going to say it. You know, I've done a study last two, three decades of looking at playoffs. Um, the team with the third best record coming out of, you know, regular season, they have the same chance as the number one team. So whoever has the best record, the third best record has the same exact chance as the number one. Because usually number one, and number two, sit in the same, you know, coast. So, like, you know, this year, one was Bucks, two was Toronto. On the other side, Warriors is three. So, one and two. Warriors was one in the West, but third overall. Third, third overall. Third overall, yeah. Um, so, third sits there, let one and two beat each other up, and then third comes in for the kill. And that's usually how it happens. The chances of second... The second best team, which is this year Toronto, winning a championship is as rare as um, a pair of Eminem Jordans in size 14. Probably one in a million. and a half is the rare sizing. And 14. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we have 20 years of research on this. Mm -hmm. All right, you're going to get into it, but before that, the No Chill Podcast is brought to you by Burrow, makers of clever furniture designed for real life. And if your real life is like our real life, you're, you're set to spend a lot of time on the sofa in the next few months because in the summertime, you're going to watch a lot of sports. As nice as it is to watch sports, it's much better to see it in air-conditioned comfort. Burrow uses clever designs, which makes it easy to get up steep staircases and through narrow doorways it's easy to set up, it's easy to move, and even means you can add or remove seats as needed. Burrow features naturally scratch and stain resistant fabric, sturdy hardwood frames, and soft non-toxic foam cushions. So you know it's comfortable. <laughs> and I know Gil, 
I know this about you. You're a hooper, but you're also a Netflix connoisseur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're a couch, you're on that couch. <laughs> I'm on a couch watching that. You're on that couch, baby. And if you know that there's a U, a built-in USB charger, Burrow knows the sofa is always in the way of the most convenient wall outlet. Mm-hmm. So they got you covered there. It's totally customizable. You can pick one of five fabric colors, three leg finishes, two armrest styles, any length, and you can even add a chaise lounge or ottoman. One week shipping is always free, and Burrow stands by their furniture with a risk-free 30-day return period. It's time to upgrade your sofa to one that actually stands up to your lifestyle. Get 75 bucks off a new sofa and free one-week shipping by visiting, ready for this, burrow.com slash no chill. You got it. That's B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash no chill for $75 off a new sofa. Thanks again to Burrow for supporting the No Chill Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Burrow. Gillis finals time. Mm-hmm. After a long and grueling regular season and battling through the playoffs, the basketball finals are finally tipping off this week. We got the Raptors. Mm-hmm. We got the Warriors. We know who you're picking. Obviously. All right. But yeah, look at those rosters. Because there's, some, there's something going on here with these mm-hmm. rosters that you can actually play off of with DraftKings. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, and it's having its biggest online basketball contest ever. You've been thinking about trying DraftKings. Now is the time with the single-game showdown. There's $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs with a grand prize of $1 million. Here's how it works. All you have to do is to draft six players from Thursday's game, Mm -hmm. one captain and five other players. You get points for rebound, assists, and points, and more, with your captain earning one and a half times the points. It's that simple. Six players from one game. Just stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Are you in? Yeah. I'm in. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app now. we got a promo code for it. Use the code NOCHILL. You guessed it again and enter the all-new single-game showdown contest this Thursday to compete for the $1 million top prize. That's no chill as our code to compete for the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I got Draymond. He's, <laughs> he's your captain? He's my captain. I'm going to go Kawhi. All right. It's the other guys we fill, and we'll find out. Because mm-hmm. I would say Steph, but don't forget the points and rebounds. I got Draymond. Mm. Smart pick. <laughs> Sleeper pick? Iggy. What? You got to get six players. Sleeper. Iggy doesn't score, rebound, or do nothing. He just defends. So it's really... Rebound and assist. Draymond. And rebound knows si- the finals. Finals Re- MVP. I'm saying just Rebound, pick. assist, blocks, steals. I'll take Draymond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Got to fit under that cap, though. That's why I made him my captain. Mm-hmm. So let me just go ahead and get him first because he covers five categories. Mm-hmm. Good news, you can get, bit. You get, you get six guys. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're back. We have, this, we have research. We went deep into it. All right, so I'm going to ask you this. Does having the best overall record matter to win a championship? No, not really. You just... You have to have the best team. Like the best we can say team. this. It doesn't hurt. No, it, it does hurt if you don't think you're the if If you don't think you're the best team, like, forget the record. Like, the record, the, like, the record is bullshit because a great team doesn't go full barrel the whole season. Like, come on. If, if Golden State really wanted – to set a new record, 75 wins. Who, who was going to stop them if they actually went hard? No one. But no, they're going to rest players. They're going to go out, try new things. They're going to change their lineups. I mean, come on, Pop, Pop, you know, for the most part, the Spurs, they were sitting Tim Duncan in, what, 11 games in year, 12 games, 15 games. The NBA had to put a rule in because of it. Do not rest players. So, Whoever was one or two back then, did it really matter? Because obviously if this team is second and you're two games in front of them, but they set their starters out 12 of those games, obviously you're not the best team in the NBA. 
I mean, I mean, we know who the best team is just by looking at their dominance when they do play. You know, so, you know, yeah, Bucks had the best record, but no, they was not the best team. They just went for the record. They just played for a record. That was it. Well, I'd say this. You set up an opponent up in front of somebody, and they took care of business. 60 wins. That's what you're supposed to do. But yeah. there are times where it's coming off a road trip. You have some injuries that the team's dealing with. You might have some execution issues. Some, whatever it is that you're just off a little bit, and you see it like the Warriors, 57 wins this year. Obviously, they were a dominant team, but there yeah. are times where they just – no, it's not even dumb. They it, didn't it, win games on paper they probably should have. But but why didn't they win it? Because if I'm playing, all right, let's – if I'm playing two games back-to-back, -back, then I have a day off, and then back-to-back. -back. Well, if that fourth game in five nights is against Charlotte, all right, Seth, don't even – you know, I'm going to play you for a couple minutes, you know, blah, 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 a couple minutes, get some rest because we got, you know, another four and five coming soon. You know, so you're going to, you know, you, you're gonna, I'm going to rest you these minutes, you know. And that's what they do. So, boom, they lose to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. You know, on a 4-5. You know, and that's what happens. It, you know, if these guys, if, if, the Golden, if Golden State Warriors want to go out there and say, all right, we're going to go for 75 wins this year. We're going to turn up the notch. There, there was no team that was going to stop them. They can't, and a good example, the, the Raptors played them twice before Christmas, mm -hmm. and they won both games. So we'll see if that actually mattered. You know, if you want to say, well, they played them twice, and the Raptors beat them both times. Yeah. I know how you think. I know, Ooh, I know what you're saying. Twice. But in our research, going back to 1999, uh, the, the shortened season with the Spurs, we started there, right? Post-Jordan era. All right? The, the one overall best record in the NBA won a championship eight times. Okay. So you fill that in. If you if you were the best team, um, for example, the 03 Spurs, they ran the table, right? Best overall record, won a championship. But you're saying, for the most part, don't buy in on that all the way. No, because you have to have the best team. Mm -hmm. Like, And then it also, also, I mean, we did all the research. It also plants, if you're the number one team, where is the second and third? Is it, If the second and third is sitting in the East, your, your, your chances go higher. If you're... If the second is with you, then the third place team chances go higher. That's why second second place actually gets screwed because <laughs> they have no chance because they either got to go against one or go against three. And if they go against three, then they got to go against one, you know, in the finals most likely. You know, to get the three, they got to go through one and then they're too tired for. So you can see why whoever the second best team or second best record they have a they basically don't really have a chance of winning unless they were actually the most dominant team and they just didn't play well which the only team in history in the last 30 30 something years is the Lakers the Lakers is the only team that's set with the second best record that's actually won championship and they've done it all three times mm -hmm. that was an 0-1 and that was also the 09 and 2010 Lakers. Yeah. The, the, the year they won back-to-back, -back, you know, they were they had the second-best record. So, you know, at all, there's, there's a method to it, mm -hmm. you know. But two, their chances is like as slim as. Yeah, really, what we said, what we found out, so five third-best records overall have won championships. All right. And then what you were asking me for was who was below to add. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, that's what I said. I wasn't really paying attention. Just to people, that. in case people want to know, in case they're going to ask, uh, it was the, the lowest seed since 1999. Uh, actually, now see, team with the, we're not going to call this a seed, uh, overall record. They were actually the sixth best overall record were the Pistons in 2004. Mm hmm. That has nothing to do with this conversation right Just now. Just to, to show you both ends of the spectrum. Oh. You had asked me who was the lowest, who had the worst record ever to win. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to, to you know, narrow it down because mm -hmm. someone did so a percentage. So it doesn't matter for this huh? conversation. But back to your point. Yeah. One, best overall record. One, two, and th so, so for the most part, one, one and three. The first, you know, the first, whoever has the best record and the team with the third best record are usually the favorites. Mm-hmm. And it's usually where second sits mm -hmm. determines is first going to win or is third going to win. But for all the other teams that fell off, like they weren't out of 20 years, 
eight best records overall won. The other 12 that didn't win, what happened? I think the factors there are momentum, getting hot at the right time, mm -hmm. right? And the team that you have, injuries obviously matter a lot in chemistry. Are yeah, you I mean, usually, if you get, you know, if you're getting injured in the playoffs, it does, you know, like Blazers, you know, it, you know, it, it hurts them. Um, does it change the outcome? No. Um, do they make it a series? Eh. You know, they, they, they win one or two games. Do I blame the team? No. I blame the coaching staff on that. And the reason I blame the, the, blame the coaching staff on the Blazers is because you didn't do your research against your opponent. You did, you did exactly what the problem is. You did analytics. You did, you did analytics. You didn't do real basketball research. In real basketball research is how you lost all four games. And that is for next year. If the Warriors are down 10 to 15 points, which your analytics won't say. Face guard Clay Thompson. Because Clay Thompson, there's something in his mind that does not register a lead or being down. Every shot he takes, it's like it's zero, zero. So when they're down 10 to 15, when a normal person like Steph, who has a conscience, will say, I'm not going to shoot this fast break three because, you know, uh, I might get pulled for this one. Clay Thompson doesn't have that thought process. Clay Thompson is going to chuck it. He's going to shoot the shot he thinks he likes. And what ends up happening is Clay Thompson goes three for four, four for four, five for five, brings them back, and then Steph hits you with a tie. And then he puts the team over. So what ends up happening is your synergy report tells you that, oh, yeah, you know, when you're down 10 to 15, they're going to shoot six threes. So you guys want to face guard Steph, not realizing Steph is not going to shoot the ball when they're down 10 to 15. Clay Thompson is going to chuck that shit when they're down 10 to 15. So if you go back and look at all your film and you're up 15, 17 points, look at who's actually taking the shots. Clay Thompson. He's going to heat that shit up, and he's been doing it for the four Years in a row. Every game, they're down 10, 15. But your statistics won't so, you know, show that. Mm -hmm. Actual basketball knowledge will, will show that. So if you're down 10, 15 against the Golden State Warriors, or if you're up 10 to 15 against the Golden State Warriors, face guard Clay Thompson. If you face guard Clay Thompson, you can push the lead to 25 mm -hmm. to 30. Yeah. Right. You're going to get into it, but before that, we had to talk about our friends at Robin Hood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of the No Chill Podcast a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. So all you got to do, sign up at nochill.robinhood.com and read that again nochill.robinhood.com. Go invest. S sign up and get that free stock. Don't turn down stock, baby. Yep. One shot at that. <laughs> well, yay. If you follow the, the headlines yeah. lately, that you know that analytics aren't exactly supported on this podcast. And I think that's just it. That's what the Warriors do is they know, they, they know what they have in their personnel and they put them in the best position to do what they can do effectively. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is an analytics is 
It's percentages on. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. To be honest, I don't know what it is because I've never paid attention to it. To, because I don't care. Because it doesn't show you what basketball is. You got to remember, analytics and analysts are are the same people who all said the Bucks was going to win because their analytics stats showed that. Well, the analytics doesn't say, oh, yeah, Bucks don't have a go-to guy in the last two minutes, so it's going to be hard for them to score. And Toronto actually does have a finisher. So actually, as long as Toronto keeps the game close, the last two minutes favor them basically 75 to 25. So I don't know how analytics play a part in the last two minutes. But, and that's why every single reporter was actually wrong because they're not looking at basketball. They're looking at a piece of paper that gives you some type of, like, no, that piece of paper is boo-boo. If your analytics was this amazing, then how come they're getting it wrong every draft class, every year for the last 30-something years? How come you guys can't pick the best player? How come you guys can't pick the all-stars? There's five all-stars, roughly, in every draft. Roughly, there's five players that's going to make the all-star. Only two are coming out of the lottery pick. Two. You hit two. So two players in a lot. Think about that. Where are the other three? Two. No, no, think, no, no really think. Think about the class. Yeah. This class. All these hyped players. Zion. RJ, Ja, Taco. Only two of those are going to be all-stars. The rest are going to be bust. Because analytics doesn't tell you what needs to... Like, I really think the whole combine itself is bullshit. I've heard that. You say that. I've heard stories about you in your combine experience. Yeah, I I think it's bullshit. I, I... like, the combine is bullshit. Like, like football. If I'm looking for an amazing running back or amazing defensive back and receivers, why do I give two shits about what their 40-yard dash looks like? Right, because if you're a receiver, I'm gonna, if I need a receiver, I'm just going to draft the guy that ran the fastest. Why? What does that, what no, does that I'm matter? I'm, I'm supporting you, all right? So if I take the guy that can run the fastest, can he catch the damn ball? Yeah, that's does a, he have hands? Can he, but... When do I ever get to see your 40-yard dash straight? Mm-hmm. You've never, you don't run straight, mm-hmm. period, in football. Never. There, there's a cornerback that's going to chuck you before you take. So no matter how fast you take off, you're going to get chucked anyway, mm-hmm. fucker. And then you have to fucking <laughs> yeah. dodge him yeah. with feet. Yeah. That 40-yard dash doesn't mean anything. You're running back. What do I care if it's 40-yard dash? He has to go through shit. He has to dodge and juke and mm-hmm. do. Like, I want to see what his lateral quickness mm-hmm. is. His beat, his speed of burst. But even all that, that that's just tape measure stuff. But, but you got to see they how go he off performs that, like, in a game. Oh my yeah. god, his his dra- his uh, stock has went up because of his yeah. forty yards. How? That's how they rank and file you. But, but and that's why they get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing with the NBA draft. Now, now here's the problem with NBA. College basketball is not as great as we think. There's 4,000 players that's playing Division I. 4,000. There's 13 lottery picks, right? 4,000 players, 13 lottery picks. So out of these 13 lottery picks, we'll take the top three. Ja, Zion, RJ. Out of those three players, in their position, did they actually play against real talent? No. No. They did not actually play against anyone who can can fucking compete with their talent. So they're playing against below average players in their position. So when you come into the draft with that name you have, it's fool's gold in a sense. So what ends up happening is if I'm the Pelicans, and I'm drafting one of these guys, why am I letting them come into the draft draft thing by themselves? If I'm the number two pick on Memphis, 
Why am I gonna why am I gonna train RJ by himself? Job by himself. Fuck that. I want to see who the best player is. Since you both never played against anyone, you played against great teams, but for your to for in your position, you guys didn't play against A1 level basketball talents for your position. So since you guys are level one, A1, play against each other. You guys are gonna go against each other. I want to see who the better player is. Because it doesn't teach. You know, that combine does not have, doesn't teach heart. Com, you know, someone who's going to compete. How you someone read who's a, defense. Yeah, someone who, who knows how to play one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't tell you who's a gamer, who has heart, who's going to fight, who, who, who has the will to get better, which that's what an all-star is. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is these guys come through, they, play, they go by themselves. They go do the workout. Woo, you looked amazing by yourself going against some fucking cones. And then you get in the game and you wonder why 11 of you guys are busting out. Because you don't, you, 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 you're, you, you guys are letting the top 20, top 15 come and practice by them fucking selves. Mm-hmm. When they didn't actually go against any fucking body in college anyway. College is not as great. They're, it's great for teams. But the NBA, you're coming in as individuals. Let me see you guys play against each other. Zion, I want to see you go against the fourth and fifth pick. Who's supposed to be? They're, they're power forwards. Because you didn't play against them in college, let's go. In the workout, let's, mm-hmm. let's see. Let, I want to see you against actual competition. Because in the NBA, in your position, it's all high level. Mm-hmm. So the first time these guys ever actually ever play against high level is when they come into the NBA. By that time, you, you don't know. And so we talked about this before. I forget who was in here. And we we're saying, like, you know, when you actually play the first season, and maybe it was with Josh Hart, the first season that you're there, you're just evaluating, can I make it here? Can I stay at this level? Because you, you, it is top-level competition every game, yeah, all and, down the roster. In my two years, I didn't play against – in my position, I didn't go against a, a, a lottery pick. I don't even think I went against a guy who was in the first round. And I played two years of college basketball. Jason who was, Richardson. Who was that? Uh, did you guys play UConn? No. You did. Um, yeah, we did play my first year. I don't, I don't even know who was there. Mateen Cleaves, maybe? I don't know. No, no, no. Michigan State. Was, Michigan uh, State was Mateen Cleaves. Um, Rip Hamilton might have been my f- rookie year, but I don't know who the guard was. So you know, no, it was Karan? No, he wasn't there when I was there. Okay. So it, you guys played Duke too. You play Duke. Who was the point guard? Jason or, Williams. Okay. He didn't. He didn't pan out in the NBA. He didn't. Well, he had the accident. But I know, still, but it, so I don't. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that was the best so, competition you went up. But as I'm saying, but my first, my first, my first experience with talent in my position was when you know I had to face Larry Hughes and Bobby Sura and Mookie mm-hmm. Baylock in, in in practice. And you know, I get a rude awakening. Like, oh shit! I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm ready but, like, for this you shit have right these here. Young kids now. I just saw a video the other day of Cassius Stanley going against uh, Caldwell Pope. And I was actually in the gym. Are you? Yeah. I'm, I, obviously, I got the white shirt, so I'm in the back talking to. You're in Cassius. the. I, get, I didn't see you. I'm talking to Cassius' father, uh-huh. and he's saying, you know, you know, he's saying the college, you know, he's at the NBA ranking, saying my my son is unrankable, you know, he's undraftable. I said, excuse me? I said, what are you talking about? He's, I, said, he, I said, don't worry about that. I said, do not worry about ranking. Those people are stupid. Okay, don't, don't, do not. Undraftable for what reason? He's a little older. You know, he doesn't, his stats wasn't as, you know, as great for his age. And I was like, listen, the people who rank never actually played. They're stupid. Okay, they don't, they do, ha- they have no understanding of what basketball really is. I said, your son has a NBA game. So with the NBA game, college basketball can hurt his stats because you get to sit in the lane on him. College can hurt his stats. If he's not teamed up with a bunch of other players, can hurt his stats because they're allowed to play zone. So I said, your son right now is going against Pope, who's a defensive player. He has that matchup every single night of the best offensive player. So I can tell you by this little workout what his chances are. 
And I said, first shot, he will be fine, trust me. He said, why? I said, because your son is a super athlete. That means he has the advantage over Pope when he raises up for a jump shot, when he takes off for a drive. You know, any step back, Pope is not going to affect his shot because he jumps too high. Like, he's not going to affect the shot. I said, the only thing Pope has over your son is experience. So when your son goes up the rise, if he didn't have one or two steps in front of him to pull up, an experienced player would know, all right, Pope is going to jump. Let me pump fake. No matter how athletic I am, because he's this close, he will pump fake. I mean, he will jump. So if, 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 if Cassius was in the NBA already, he would know, one, two, he's close, pump fake, he's flying. I go for the This time he gets that block or alters this shot because he doesn't know. I said, trust me, your son might not have played as great as you thought he could have played in high school. He might not play that well in college. He might average 13 to 15. If he goes in the first round, his NBA talent will take over. I said, that's and that's why some stars in college falter in the NBA because they don't have NBA skill. They have college skill. It's two different, it's two different worlds. Just like AAU in high school basketball, AAU don't have a shot clock. So all these guys and all these dribblers aren't learning how to be aggressive because they're allowed to go up 10 and then dribble the fucking ball, 100 fucking dribbles and play keep away. Think about, think about that concept. From the ages of eight till I hit high school, I'm learning how to play keep away basketball. So I got all these dribbling moves, learning how to play keep away, never learning how to be aggressive when the time counts because you never learned it in that time. And then the shot clock. You never learn what a two for one is until you hit high school. You don't know what 24, 35 seconds is until you hit high school. That's a disadvantage. The East Coast don't even have you know, most of the East Coast don't have shot clocks. That's a disadvantage to you as your basketball skill develops. Now you can see why the East Coast is not producing as many high-level basketball players as the West. Because mentally, they're behind. Because by the time they learn what a two-for-one is, by the time they learn, oh, shit, it's going five, four, three, two... Before they learn what that is, it's in college. Mm -hmm. It's it's too for it's mm -hmm. too late for your development. When these West Coast kids are learning it at high school, learning it in a little bit of AU, these tournaments, these two for ones. Now I know what a two for one is. Now I know five, four, three. Mm -hmm. Okay, he pushes up. I get like we're we're learning again. We're getting so many experience points over this kid. So. If you do a one-and-done, when I get to the NBA and I'm from the West Coast, I've done been in that situation from high school to my first year in college. I've been in that situation a hundred times. An East Coast kid, maybe one or two. So when we face each other in, in the NBA, you're, I'm used you're, to this. you're a rookie. I'm experienced mm -hmm. at this part of the game. You're prepared. Yeah. And that's... And that's what's actually happening and no one really understands why the the west and the midwest la chicago these in these kids are coming in and coming in playing well from the beginning well to bring it full circle because i know you got a game to catch you got to be you, you, you got to think to the to the biggest level no matter who you are no matter where your team is your record whatever your record says you got to think if i'm going to go after the the ultimate prize which is the championship I got to be prepared for it. You got to be prepared for way ahead of time. Everything. Always. I, I'm going to leave you with a story. Sit back and enjoy this. 2002, 2003. You know, I'm, you know, LA kid grew up on Kobe. You know? I, I, you know, when you get to the NBA, you know, when you come into the NBA, you're a fan. And then when you get here, you're, you're, you, you want to know what makes a player better. Because you play against him, and then you're like, he's, 
he didn't he seemed faster and when I was watching him from the TV and you know you know just just like a little tell so I was like what's what makes him hit them shots what makes him so you know I you know Luke Walton you know yeah man he gets to the gym you know blah blah on game day so I go to the gym on game day watch him you know watch him three o'clock you know from Marina Del Rey came three o'clock sure enough Kobe's there shooting turn around jumpers with his left hand 300 he had to shoot at least 300 400 okay like god damn who, who works on their left hand you know what i mean you know but you know what i mean i'm just but i'm you know this is my first time to see what what a nba not an nba workout but what a great I've heard Jordan doing it. Now I'm looking at Kobe. The same repetition move over and over and over and over. It was the first time I actually witnessed it. You know, because that next next level. Yeah, that next because usually you're you're we're used to shooting five, ten, fifteen makes. You know, a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred from the same spot, same way, same mechanics. So I watched it. All right, now we play him the next night. No left hand jumper. Period. Didn't shoot not one. So you're meanwhile you're thinking like, what I'm was thinking, the point of that? Yeah. It, it fucking exactly. Now in my mind, that was the dumbest shit I have ever witnessed. The dumbest shit I've ever witnessed. I completely said that to myself. That was the dumbest shit I've ever witnessed. 2004, 2005, dumbest shit I ever witnessed. Like the time I, you know, I'm even telling, damn, that time I seen Kobe, that was the stupidest shit I ever seen, just fucking shooting left hand. Motherfuckers never shot a left hand layup. Jammed his finky, his pinky yeah. that year. Hurt his shoulder. Boop, boop. Turn around, left-hand <laughs> jumper. Cash. Corner three. Turn around, jumper three. Boom. Cash. Step back three. Cash. It dawned on me. Wow. This motherfucker back in 2003 was preparing himself for one day I might hurt myself left hand shoulder break it sprain that instead of me being non-effective that game I want to spend extra 30 minutes extra 45 minutes working on my left hand knowing I might need it for one day one week (laughs) One play, maybe in the playoffs I hurt myself. Game seven, they need me. And my right hand is hurt. They might, and I want to be ready for it. And that's what I got from it. Four years later, like, wow. This man prepared every single workout, working on 100, 200, 300, left-hand turnarounds, for one day or one week or one moment where when he did it, it wasn't foreign. And I was like, that's why he is who he is. He prepares. Playing chess when everyone's playing chess. Yeah, he prepared for, he prepares for one time moments, just like their everyday moments. And and as a young kid, that's what you uh have to do. You have to work on Things for moments. We all did it. We all did it. We all did it by accident. When Jordan was hitting game winners, and we all used to practice the three, two, mm-hmm. one fadeaway. We were really actually preparing ourselves for that time and day. And he took it to the extreme. But he also created that. That was the thing about that. Those moments where you saw the. You know, Byron Russell on him, he just leans yeah. back. Those were things that he prepared he pre- for. He prepared for, but he prepared us kids for, the, right. for that moment. He wrote the book. Yeah, he wrote the book for game winners. Mm-hmm. So we see it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's where the 3 2 one came. You, all the kids do it at the park, not knowing, damn, we are actually preparing ourselves mm-hmm. one day when mm-hmm. we get this moment. If but, you put that in your headspace, that's, and that's yeah. the thing with Kobe is that is – that story is that, but, ultimate bag. But as I said, he every, per- like like a hoarder. He had everything yeah, there. Yeah, in the yeah but as I said, it's, but it was the first time. Like I really like, I would have never in my mind thought about a left hand anything. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point where I'm going to sit there and practice it 
and I've had a sprain mm-hmm. and had a wrist, and mm-hmm. it affected me that mm-hmm. game where it's like, oh, I can't shoot today. And he's like, ah, that's not going to affect my game performance mm-hmm. because I done perfected this left hand where I can play a full game shooting 25 shots with my left. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's amazing. The thing so, I, I started the Kobe real quick was uh, in the All-Star game. D-Wade broke his nose. He went up for a reverse, and D-Wade clotheslined him. He broke his nose. Mm-hmm. And most guys, all-star game, like, come on, man. It's just an all-star game. We're yeah. going at me like that. You know, I never want to get hurt in an all-star game. He broke my damn nose. Ask Kobe what he thought of it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> just wanting that next challenge, the challenge of the challenge. <laughs> the challenge of the challenge. There's one and only Kobe. All right. See how these finals go. We already know how it's going to go. I mean, you can hey, listen. You can let media fool you if you want, and uh, pick Toronto. <laughs> Save your money. <laughs> Sorry, Canada. Uh, stats are stats, baby. But but congratulations. You know, I'm gonna say congratulations. Um, ooh, here's another one. Well, well, well I, I'll save it for later. You know, I don't want to put a put a teaser out there. No, I don't want to put a teaser out there because it's like. It, it doesn't. I want them to stay hyped. I want them to stay hyped. Just you know, enjoy okay, the so moment. So the teaser now is there's some bad news for you. But. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, it's hey, not, guess it's what? Possible. You got Drake. You got Jurassic Park up there. It's enjoy po- it. It's possible. I, I just enjoy I mean, the moment. It's, a, it's amazing. The city. It's the just first time in stay, the franchise stay, history. Stay, stay crunk. Yeah, I'm gonna bring back that word. You, you, stay yeah, crunk. you brought back crunk today. I'm gonna stay back crunk. You know what yeah. I mean? Go ahead, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the bad news later. <laughs> <laughs> One way to find out. <laughs> on the No Chill Podcast. Oh, yeah. That's right. All right. All right.